Hey guys, welcome to Wisdom's Echo. This is Stephen McKee. I want to talk today about something that I've discovered that's actually connected to oracles. I've spoke about oracles before, but this here today is like something God revealed to me that I didn't know before, and it's really powerful. And let me read from Exodus 26, 31 to 34, and this is about the tabernacle. And you might think, what's that got to do with it? Well, I will soon explain. So Exodus 26, 31 to 34 says, Make a curtain of blue, purple and scarlet yarn, and finely twisted linen, with cherubim woven into it by a skilled worker. Hang it with gold hooks on four posts of acacia wood, overlaid with gold and standing on four silver bases. Hang the curtain from the clasps and place the Ark of the Covenant before the curtain, sorry, behind the curtain. The curtain will separate the holy place from the most holy place. Put the atonement cover on the Ark of the Covenant, of the Covenant Law, in the most holy place. So we know the, the tabernacle, you had the outer court, then you had the holy place, which was then separated by a curtain, and beyond that was the most holy place. Now we have called that the Holy of Holies, but actually it wasn't called the Holy of Holies, it was called the Most Holy Place. But it was also called something else, and I find this really interesting. Let me read now from First Kings, and this was like Solomon building his temple. And it says this, First Kings 7, 48-50, this is where it gets really interesting. It says, And Solomon made all the vessels that pertained unto the house of the Lord, the altar of gold and the table of gold whereupon the shewbread was, and the candlesticks of pure gold, five on the right side and five on the left, before the oracle. Did you hear that? Before the oracle, with the flowers and the lamps and the tongs of gold and the bowls and the snuffers, and the basins, and the spoons, and the censers of pure gold, and the hinges of gold, both for the doors of the inner house, the most holy place, and for the doors of the house, to wit, of the temple. Now let me just quickly read First Kings 8 now. And it says this, this is all to do with the tabernacle, and building the most holy place, and the holy place for the Lord. And he says, And the priest brought in the Ark of the Covenant of the Lord unto his place, into the oracle of the house, to the most holy place, even under the wings of the cherubims. For the cherubims spread forth their two wings over the place of the Ark, and the cherubims covered the Ark, and the staves thereof above. And they drew out the staves, that the ends of the staves were seen out in the holy place before the oracle. And they were not seen without, and they were, and there they are unto this day. And it came to pass when the priests were come out of the holy place, that the cloud filled the house of the Lord, so that the priests could not stand to minister because of the cloud. For the glory of the Lord had filled the house of God. Um, I just want to read one more scripture and it's to Samuel and it says and the council of Ahitophel which he counselled in those days 
was if a man had inquired at the oracle of God. So was all the counsel of Ahitophel, both with, with David and with Absalom. What does that mean? What is that talking about? In fact, I want to read another, one more scripture. And this is David. Now David, when they built the tabernacle of David, they did not have a veil. But listen to what David says. This is Psalm 2, sorry, Psalm 28 verse 1 to 2. And he says this. Unto thee I will cry, O Lord, my rock. Be not silent to me, lest if thou be silent to me, I become like them that go down into the pit. Hear the voice of my supplications when I cry unto thee, when I lift up my hands towards thy holy oracle. When I seen this, I was blown away. And what I discovered is that the most holy place was actually also called the oracle. So you've got the outer courts. Then you've got the holy place. Then you've got the most holy place, which was called the oracle. Now, 1 Peter 4.11 says this. If anyone speaks, let him speak as the oracles of God. If anyone ministers, let him do it as with the ability which God supplies, that in all things God may be glorified through Jesus Christ, to whom being the glory and dominion forever and ever. Amen. Let him speak as the oracles of God. I believe with all my heart that God in these days is raising up oracles who will speak not according to the will of man, but will speak the unadulterated oracles of God. They will be mouthpieces of the Most High, an uncompromising remnant who will release the purposes of heaven onto the earth. Their lips will have been touched by the fiery coals from the altar, and they will be holy ones who speak only as they are moved by the Holy Ghost. 2 Peter 1.21 says, For the prophecy came not in olden times by the will of man, but holy men of God spake as they were moved by the Holy Ghost. Now, we are to speak as oracles. We are to speak the unadulterated word of the Lord. We have to carry something that's higher than just a prophetic gift. Ephesians 4.11 says that apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers are there until we come into the unity of the faith, unto the knowledge of the Son of God, and then walk in the full stature of Christ. What am I saying? I am saying that within the tabernacle, which we now have a right to, because when Christ died, it was torn. The veil was torn, so that we now have access into the place called the most holy place. And in this most holy place, the actual name for it, before we called it the Holy of Holies, was actually called the Oracle. And in Peter it says we, when we speak, have to speak as an Oracle, that like the very words of God. We're not supposed to speak just nice messages, just nice preaching, just nice sermons. We are supposed to carry the very word of heaven. How do we get that word from heaven? Simply by going into the most holy place. The place is now a new and living way. It's been opened up to us through the veil, which is Christ's flesh. 
Because of the cross, when he died on the cross, the veil was torn from top to bottom. We now have a rightful um, way into the most holy place. We're invited into the most holy place. We're invited into the oracle. So what I'm saying is we must take time to spend time in intimacy with the Lord. But we must let us, our whole body, soul and spirit be sanctified, set apart into that realm of holiness. Not just, not just, in fact, not at all legalistic type of holiness, but a, a realm of holiness where we are transformed by that holiness. Like um, Paul Keith Davis says that he believes to be truly holy, it's an impartation. And I believe that because that scripture that says, be ye holy as I am holy, I actually believe that's not a command. I believe that's like an impartation. It's actually saying, be made holy. So we need to be made holy. We need to be holy. Why? Because it's there we come into that most holy place. First of all, when you come into the... The holy place, or the first place you encounter when you get into the temple is the altar. Yes, the altar was Christ, but also the altar must be us. And that's where they, they burnt the offering. So we need to be that burnt offering. We need the fire. We need the flame. We need the seraphim to burn up all inward corruption. Smith Wigglesworth said, there's a fire that comes that burns all through your body. And it burns up all inward corruption. Madame Guyon says the fire comes and prepares us for holy union. But what I'm also saying is this fire burns up all inward corruption so that we can enter into the most holy place. We can be sanctified. We can enter into that realm of holiness that the Celtic saints walked in. They walked in such levels of, of miracles, signs and wonders because there was a realm of holiness that they had that we don't necessarily have in our day. But it all comes by us allowing the fire to come. Then we can get into that most holy place. And that most holy place is also called the oracle. As we go into that place of the oracle, it's there we receive the unadulterated word of the Lord. And I believe a lot of what we have been um, walking in, in terms of the, of the prophetic, is actually in the outer courts. We've been maybe sensing things. We're maybe prophetic people in the sense we sense. Whether there's angels, we sense maybe something of a general idea of what God wants to do. We, we sense things and it's it's based on gifts. It's based on the outer courts. It's based on being on the earth level, the earth realm, under the authority of the earth realm. But actually there's a place beyond that where you go into that most holy place, where you go through the fire, where you're cleansed by the watering of the word. You, you go through the fire, you go through that flame, you go through the watering of the word, you become sanctified and cleansed and changed. Then you enter into the most holy holy place and it's in the most holy place that the oracle of God is that was the name of it the oracle of God and it's in that place of the oracle of God that we become oracles of God and there we can receive the unadulterated pure word of God and I believe God's raising up a generation who will walk in this and for us to walk in this, it takes death to our opinions, death to our political opinions, death to what we think is right, death to political bias, any kind of bias, because we cannot have our own opinion. We must have his opinion. 
And if we are willing to, to die and humble ourselves and allow the fire to burn up all our mindsets and corruption within, then we can walk as oracles. But to walk as an oracle, we must go into the most holy place, into the place of that oracle. And it's there we hear the word of the Lord. And as we hear that oracle of God, the oracles of God, then when we speak those words, it's then we can speak to a mountain. And that mountain will be removed. It's then we can bind and loose, which is not binding and loosing demons. It's actually um, allowing things to happen on the earth and um, forbidding things from happening on the earth by speaking, by our voice. Power, The power of life and death is in our tongue. But when we go beyond that veil into the place of the oracle. It's then when we carry that word into the earth realm that all heaven backs you. All of heaven is behind you. When we get the word there, nothing in earth, nothing in hell can stop it, can hinder it. Nothing can stop the perfect, unadulterated oracles of God. Nothing can stop that pure word, that spoken word, the living word, not the legalistic word, not the letter of the law that's dead, but a word that comes in the spirit with authority. Why? Because it's actually spoken by the oracle, Yahweh himself, in the oracle, to you as an oracle, and through you, through your tongue, through your voice, as an oracle, to the earth realm. And the difference, I believe, between the prophetic and an oracle is that prophecy predicts, but an oracle can predict and create because their words carry the power of heaven itself. Why? Because it's spoken from heaven. It's spoken from another realm. It's not just a gift where we have to decide whether it's right or wrong. We have to discern whether this is from God or not. This is the unadulterated, pure word of God. And it's only for those who are willing to yield everything to go into the most holy place, the place called the Oracle. Guys, I hope you enjoyed this today. This is Stephen McKee, and this is Wisdom's Echo.